Blog Talk Radio. Tuning in to Unscripted, presented by Be Unique Magazine, because an authentic life is unscripted. Be Unique is a 501c3 charity that works today to change tomorrow. Learn more at our website, beunique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E.org. Know that Be Unique is a free, non-profit publication? We work today to change tomorrow by bringing you truly amazing guests like the one we'll introduce tonight, and by highlighting stories about people all over the world who will astound you. The free digital version is available 24-7 at BeUnique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. Hello, everybody. This is Mary with Be Unique Unscripted. And before I introduce tonight's guest, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Tyrell Ernest. He's another volunteer who wears many, many hats at Peace Corps. He's a co-host on the Coffee or Tea Show, interviews at remote and local events. He's one of the amazing Peace Corps board members, and he helps behind the scenes in a variety of ways. Welcome to Be Unique Unscripted, Tyrell. Thank you. Thank you. With a great introduction like that, how can I go wrong? (laughs) Thank you. Now, let me introduce our reason for being here this evening, David DiGiorgio. David is a best-selling author, speaker, and youth ambassador. He's on a mission to tackle bullying and build confidence and self-esteem while funding dream projects for high school performing arts students and their teachers. His book, Being Unapologetic, became a bestseller in 10 countries and has received high praise from book lovers worldwide. And I might add, it became a bestseller in 10 countries within, I believe, the first three months. David is also a contributing author in the Better Business book, Reach Your Greatness, and a featured writer for Success Profiles magazine and Life by Design magazine. David was one of the most generous sponsors of the 2019 Be the Change Awards and has been a cheerleader for Be Unique magazine almost from our inception. He's originally from Toronto, but when he's not traveling around the world on some kind of dream trip, David lives in his dream city, San Diego, with his dream husband, Heath, and their dream dog, Galileo. Welcome to the show, David. Oh, my gosh, Mary, you're hired. Thank you so much. That's an amazing introduction. <laughs> hey, I do what I do. I, I love to write and tell people, and I love to help promote them. Um, you sure at do. At this point, though, I'm going to turn this show over to Tyrell. So, Tyrell, take it away, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, it is an honor to have you on the show um, today, David. So, we'll just actually start 
kind of um, just surface, um, what do you like to do uh, before we get into, you know, the analytics? What do you like to just do for fun? Oh, for fun. Well, travel, especially. <laughs> I've been traveling my entire life, and um, I definitely, whenever we have a little hole in our schedule, we travel, even if we have like a little local adventure. In fact, we just booked in a couple of weeks, we're going to be spending the weekend. In San Diego, we have um, California's only tiny block. So there's a little block of tiny homes that have been created. And um, mm-hmm. so we're going to take the dog up and just hang out for a weekend and just see what that's like. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely love to travel, love the beach, love to try new food. We love to cook and bake. So, yeah, we keep ourselves pretty busy. <laughs> that sounds great. I wish I was able to even cook a little bit to be able to cook and bake. But it's definitely a dream well, to buy. Come on over and we'll teach you. <laughs> Listen, I will. I will be there. Um, Please do. So, um We'll start off with the first question. How um, how did you come to the to the extent of wanting to be an entrepreneur? It's funny, you know. I think it chose me. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, some way or another. Um, when I was, for example, in high school, I I did this analysis because I wanted to raise money to go on sort of the equivalent of a mission trip to Jamaica for the summer, and. I realized that I wouldn't make a lot of money if I did a standard bake sale. This was in the 90s. You know, bake sale was sort of the thing to do. Right. And um, I realized, well, students don't have a lot of money. Who has a lot of money? And I thought, hmm, in my, in my mind, the adults did. So what I did is I created a sample day where I made a whole bunch of different things, and the teachers got to sample, and then they would place orders for whole cakes and batches of cookies. Then I sequestered the school kitchen and all my friends, and we baked like crazy people for a week straight um, to fill all the orders. I made like $1,500 in that, you know, wow. <laughs> little bake sale. Yeah. So I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit in me. And um, I, when I get too far away from it, I, um, I miss it, you know. And then when I'm deep into it, as all entrepreneurs know, you kind of ask yourself, like, what? why can't I just be like everybody else and be happy with a regular life and a regular job. I don't know what that is, but yeah. <laughs> I tried that once, dating for three days. Right. It didn't work well. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. So um with that being said, you've always been doing being in and being an entrepreneur your whole life. And what kind of not really stamped because you're a, seems like you're a jack of all trades. What really wanted to put you on the stage and to let people hear your voice and just to be a speaker, what really brought you to that situation? Again, I guess I've always been uh, in that position of having a voice or, <laughs> excuse me, or wanting to put my voice out there. So um, I remember as far back as when I was in kindergarten, this is a story I tell every time I speak. Um, when I was in kindergarten, there was a dilemma because all the girls in my kindergarten class would fight over who would get more time with me to play with. And um, so one day, I, yeah, right. I pulled up a chair and I lined the girls up and I organized everybody. I said, you know, Andrea, you're going to be Monday. Ezra, you're going to be Tuesday. Sunday, you're going to be Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. So I've always, right. I, it sounds ridiculous, but you know, one of my earliest memories of school. So I've always been that way. I remember being in speech competitions when I was in elementary school and I was valedictorian when I was in high school. I got very involved in theater. I'm a composer first. That was sort of my first career, composer, musical theater director. And um, so I've always been in that role of speaking, teaching, leading. 
Um, however, even though I did it a lot when I was younger, as I grew up and, you know, took off in my careers, I spent a lot of my career as the guy behind the curtain. Uh, so, you know, as a, a theater director, as a teacher, you're always putting other people in the, in the spotlight. And it's sort of in the last couple years, ever since I've been here in San Diego, that I realized, like, what would it look like if I actually stepped out onto stage again and um, really showed people what it looks like, you know, to be unapologetic and just to sort of lead with my own message and vision. And it's been an amazing ride. It sounds like it. it's one of those things that's been your passion for a while. It's really cool to hear how passionate, of course, someone can be about anything, better yet. Um, yeah. Being an entrepreneur and speaking because a lot of people can't really find their passion. It's so exciting that you found yours. Um, can you Thank give you. us a little brief synopsis about what ties you into nonprofits? And after that, maybe give us a gist on what Unapologetic Enterprises is. Yeah, I've always had a heart to serve. And gosh, Mary, you know this probably. Us people who have the heart to serve, same with you, Tyrell, like, is sometimes you serve too much and you don't own your own value. And yeah. so, you know, as I get older now, I'm like, okay, this is not a charity. Like I cannot run my business um, without actually being for profit because otherwise I can't help other people. However, exactly. um, yeah, you really do. Even in a not-for-profit world, like just because you're not for profit doesn't mean that nobody's making any money and if that's the case well that's not a really good business model it has to be sustainable right so um i have you know especially in the last few years really been looking at how do you build a business that can um as some people say you know make money matter where you make the money matter and you can make an impact on other people so i myself and in my own business with Unapologetic Enterprises, which is sort of the parent company to all of the work that I do, um, I love to give. I have a giving project for high school performing arts students, and I've always wanted to have sort of a scholarship fund or an endowed fund. And so that's where I'm going eventually. It's always been in my heart. It's been part of my vision to be able to give back because I've been the recipient of some amazing scholarships, support, kindness. And, um, you know, it matters. And I think this is what makes your organization unique. So unique is that um, when you are obsessed with and so passionate about serving others, uh, it makes a difference. Like people take note and it grows very quickly. Now, the trick for all of us is to be like, okay, well, how, what is the business model that will make this really sustainable? Um, and that's something that I'm definitely working on on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's yeah, really that's cool where it gets tricky. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but that's really cool to hear because a lot of the that a lot of people have, and it's always cool to see how they sustain things while still giving, but knowing that you have this um, fountain of knowledge, and you're like, okay, I can give out so much, but if I keep giving out this information without, you know, having it recycle it, I'm not going to be able to continue to give this information right. out. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so, um, I have a quote, and, uh, which I, I really stuck out to me. Um, move from unheard and uncertain to unforgettable and unstoppable. Can you expound on that for me? Yeah. So I, so yeah, I felt for my for a long time in my life, even though I'm pretty outspoken, that I was unheard. 
and uncertain about who I was, what I wanted to do, if I was making an impact. And as I look around the landscape of even very successful people, there are so many people who question their leadership. There are so many people who question whether or not they are a, in quotes, speaker. You know, and they're like, oh, I'm not a speaker. And I say to them, well, what, I mean, it sounds like you're speaking right now. What, what are you then? And they're like, oh, but a public speaker as, as opposed to a private speaker? What is a public speaker actually? <laughs> and so, I, I, yeah, I mean, I really love to move people into realizing is like the faster you drop the un uncertainty and the faster you, you – you start to realize that you're not unheard because you've been using your voice your entire life. Now what would happen if you were intentional with your voice? And when you get intentional, anything is possible. Um, and you look at all the great leaders from history, you know, whether it's from the Bible to current day to presidents to prime ministers to whatever, when you speak, people pay attention. And it's not always that what you're saying is going to make sense for everybody. But if you're passionate about something, people will follow you. So what, what are you waiting for? And, and the other thing is about this is that, um, you know, you have a message that is unique to you that only you have, that only you can deliver. Well, someone is waiting for that message. So how long are you going to make those people wait for you to speak up? So I'm obsessed with moving people from being unheard and uncertain. To unforgettable, outspoken, all of it. <laughs> Thank you. Of course, yes. That is, and that's a lot of a very hard thing for people to do, especially because people get nervous and are scared of failure. And just like I just, mm-hmm. I really need an extra push. And it's like you don't need it, but I can help you. I can give it to you just to show you that you really don't. You can do this. Um, and we all have. Well, that and I just want to make a point on that what you just said because I don't actually believe, and this is something that I'm embarking on. It's a new project I'm working on a little bit more. In my own experience working with students for a lot of my life and performers, presenters, speakers across multiple industries, I actually believe it's not fear that the issue is. It's not fear that stops people, but rather it's what I call comparanoia. Because you think to yourself, well, I'm not going to be as good as that person. Oh, wow. That person has already set like that, that message, right? And so it's the comparanoia that really stops us dead in our track. So now I'm working on this project, which I call One, Two, Three, Celebrate. And uh, the idea is to really empower people to compare less and celebrate more. Yes. <laughs> that is a, a big thing we do. I mean, I don't know about any other place. I haven't been anywhere. And I only see the news that we get from other places. But I know in America that is a huge thing we'll do. And we'll compare ourselves to people that we see are in positions that we want to be in and don't realize the people were in the same position we were in before they got there. And if we just work hard, we can get there. And it's, that is a huge thing. That is really remarkable to think about as of now. Absolutely. And you know what's funny? I forget. The, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mary. I just wanted to interject. This, this is one of the reasons that I love working with Be Unique and Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. Most of the volunteers that we have on board – are each very much in tune to their own authenticity and their uniqueness. So they're, they tend to be less on the shy side. And we do always, and, and Tyrell can tell you, when the, it's kind of like when two or more are gathered in the name of the unique, um, to quote a biblical mm-hmm. scripture, 
we do celebrate, and, and there's always a certain amount of magic energy going on because we enjoy being able to do something good as a unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that we know, we know community, that together we can do more than one apart. Yeah, and community is a, another great component, a great anecdote to comparanoia, to fear, to not growing, right? Because when you work, you know, even if you want to call it the mob mentality, well, great. If you all lift each other up, wonderful. If you're doing good things, imagine what could be possible if there's like a mob out there for the good. You can create great, great change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I wanted to make the point too. It's interesting. I forget exactly who it was who was being interviewed. It was someone extraordinary of extraordinary wealth and extraordinary success and the interviewer was asking is like you know so what's the secret or you know what can you tell people and the the extraordinary person said um i have no idea like literally i make it up as i go along and i thought okay if anybody's suffering from comparanoia listen to that you know successful people don't necessarily have the magic bullet some of them might be good at making money some of them might understand a couple of things in a couple of areas but a lot of it is like you have to listen to your intuition, act, celebrate, repeat, celebrate, uh, try, fail, 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 celebrate. celebrate you know, like that's yeah. the thing. It's just part of it. <laughs> yeah. People don't understand that. It's, it's tough to be in a time where people are like, okay, I, I would rather stay where I'm at than fail because they feel like the, being ridiculed. And it's like failure usually projects people into a higher standing of their life if they just accept the failure. But, oh, I failed. It doesn't mean that I'm lesser than what I was. It just means the approach I took was not was either an approach that I needed to maybe take more time into doing or it just didn't work out. But that doesn't mean to give up. And it's really something that we struggle with as not even just, I would say, uh, American, but as humans. Well, and what's so interesting. Oh, sorry, guys. That's okay. That was was a total mistake. No problem. So what's so interesting is that um, when you – so, you know, I was pretty smart as a kid through high school. Like, I got good grades and everything, and that's amazing. However, what people don't understand is that I couldn't really teach you how to reproduce that. But wherever I had a failure of any level, of any kind – That's the real gold. When you have a failure, you should definitely celebrate because now you have research, data, information. You know what doesn't work. And if you take a moment, you can really understand, well, why didn't it work and what can we do instead? Um, Whereas people who just achieve, achieve, achieve and are successful all the time, they might not understand exactly what they're doing or how they're doing it in order to make that successful because they haven't experienced the other side. So I think there's definitely a reason to celebrate failure and not to be afraid of it. I think you're right because every failure shows you one way not to do it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's always, it's, I think it's always a pathway to failure for me is fun. And the pathway to overcoming failure is also fun. Cause like you said, you have to research and it's like, Oh wow. I maybe overlooked this or, Oh wow. There's a different way to do this. And you're like, okay, I had fun researching and now I know the way that I'm going to do it. Isn't going to fail that way. There might be a chance of it right. failing another way, but now I get to, ex- it's the experiences and people are, are really out of touch with experiences nowadays. And it's like, 
People just want to go straight to the top. They're just like, oh, what do I need to do to make a million dollars? Not what do I need to do to continue to increase myself, my happiness along with – because you can't just – people just think money is just a root to everything. And it's like right. – uh, And it certainly is not. <laughs> no. Because with, with more money just comes more responsibility. And then what are you going to even do with it? You know, like at the end of the day – I know they've done a study. I, I don't know what the current number is, but the study said something like beyond $55,000, they have not measured any increase in happiness in people, which is astounding to me. Uh, because, you know, I mean, at least in this state, if you're making $55,000 a year, you're not, you can barely live. But um, so when you take into account standard of living, however, and if you, if you cover your basics, you know, at the, the foundations of Maslow's hierarchy, nothing in the higher levels of the, uh, of the um, of the hierarchy deals with things that you can get from money. None of it. So when you have your basics covered, then it's a matter of you know that's why I love the work that you're doing because now you are, as I said earlier, you know, making your money matter. You're doing meaningful things with your money and helping other people to be intentional with the money that they share and donate and put forth mm-hmm. to the organization. And that exactly. creates true wealth, true happiness, true abundance. And it basically boils down to the more the organization has, the more our outreach can stretch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the more wonderful really cool people thing like you we get to meet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the cool things about being a part of the organization and just even in the beginning when I first came around, I was like, oh, my gosh, everyone's always so happy around here. Then I realized <laughs> once I got in the community, I was like, oh, I understand why now. Everyone's giving and everyone's teaching and everyone's learning. And it's like, wow, being a sponge around anybody, but especially with Be Unique, it's, like, really amazing to be a part of. And just to meet people like you, David, and, and other people is just cool to see and be inspired to not just think about yourself. Because, I mean, people can get selfish sometimes. And, um be chasing dreams and, and living life and like, wow, you don't get to sit back and realize what, you, you know, how things affect people and what you can do to help and um, just taking a little bit of time and just noticing different things and being informed about different things can just change your perspective. Absolutely, 100%. Okay, so looking at it now, I wasn't really big, I, I, I wasn't a really big theater kid. I did one play when I was in high school, um, and I was mm-hmm. forced to do it. I was I was a really big sports kid in high school, but um, I was forced mm-hmm. to do the play. But I enjoyed it. But I didn't tell anybody. So if anybody's listening that knows me, I didn't enjoy it. But um, <laughs> it was really fun. Um, I had to actually play the lead in it. They were like, "You're gonna play the lead." And I was like, "Uh," but it was really fun. And then when I got older, is when I decided to start doing my thing between um, acting and writing and stuff like that. Um, as being someone who I know has a uh, spot in your heart for the performing arts, can you tell us how important it is to you um, to really just um, just to just to really be a part of the performing arts community and getting having a light shine on that? Well, for me, the performing arts not only changed my life but they saved my life because I wouldn't have made it through high school without it. So in oh, wow. in my eleventh grade when yeah when I auditioned for the musical that literally changed everything so I was very very severely bullied and um, it I I was not going to make it there was I was in a very very dark place and thank goodness that my 
good friend uh, encouraged me to go out and audition, and the directors saw something in me, and they said, great, we're going to let you sing, but we also want you to be the musical director. And I said, I have no idea what that is. Sure, sign me up. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then in my senior year, I said, oh, I just want to be in the musical. And they said, we have a better idea. You're going to write the musical this year. I said, I have no idea how to do that, but sure. (laughs) And so, yeah, at 19, I was a published Canadian composer, um, because I had some amazing mentors and teachers who just believed in me and saw saw that I had something. And That's um, awesome. so, yeah, and I believe that, yeah, if, if, if not the performing arts, great. I hope that you find sports or I hope that you find debate club or whatever it is, right? But I think it's so important that kids have an outlet. For me, it was the performing arts. And what I know, because later I became a teacher, I was the head of the music department in the high school for nearly 10 years, and um, the performing arts tend to attract, you know, a, a collection of kids that may or may not fit in other places. Sometimes uh-huh. they're kids who are on the fringe. They're, they're just sometimes a little bit different. They're just, you know, whatever, you know, and um, – that's what I love about the arts. This is just a collection of amazing, extraordinary, unique, beautiful people. And the arts gives everyone a chance to shine because there's, it's so broad. There's so many different things that you can do in the arts. The other thing is like whether or not, so for you, Tyrell, like if, if you didn't necessarily enjoy being in the play or whatever, but I mean, I would still say that your experience in the arts contributed to, even this moment right now, because it gives you that confidence of knowing who you are, being who you are, having a voice, knowing that you can do it, knowing that you can have a conversation with other people, knowing that you can memorize something, knowing that you can act and be, you know, animated. There's so yeah, many amazing definitely. skills that come in the performing arts. And that's just talking about drama. I mean, there's so many skills in music and the visual arts and theater arts, choir. There are so many amazing skills that kids learn in the performing arts. And that's why, because it's so personal to me, that's why I'm so passionate about uh, helping other kids and teachers uh, in performing arts programs. This is really cool to hear you say that too, because even though I did place, I was one of those kids that was, I like to call it accidentally popular. Um, When I came (laughs) down to, which I guess some people could say, well, why would you complain about that? I mean, because there's both sides of the spectrum. When you're, you know, when you're bullied and stuff like that, and, you know, you may not be popular. People think that it's – because don't get me wrong, I, I know how this bullying comes to the kids. I know how severe it is. But people think that when you're, like, really, really popular, it's, it, you know, it's, it's not really cool. Like, I would rather have been someone that no one knew, to be honest, because mm-hmm. you have to deal with people always wanting to know what's going on with you and people always in your business. And when I first, first moved down to Florida, um, people knew me because I looked like some, a rapper, a, a rapper that everybody knew. And before mm-hmm. I knew it, everybody in school knew my name and stuff like that. But it was like I'm, I've always been – I like to call it weird because I like to say weird. Nothing's wrong with weird. I love weird. I feel like all the best people have a little bit of weird in them. Um, but mm-hmm. I was one of those kids that was like accidentally popular, but I was really weird. So kids were always like, how are you popular? And I was like, I don't know. I'm weird. I don't know why people like me, but <laughs> I think I'm extremely weird. But when I got around <laughs> – the performing arts and the drama class because I actually I, I forgot one when I was in sophomore year I had to take drama for one of my electives and I felt probably the most comfortable I would say around anybody mm-hmm. and I was free to be extra dramatic and myself and I was able to talk as much as I wanted to and 
be me. And I realized at that point, I was like, this is really fun. And I didn't really do it because I was focused on playing basketball so much. But even during the pay, I remember I enjoyed it so much because it was like, wow, it was a cool thing for me because like, it was challenging. I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. I got to use, you know, have a voice. And I just remember the feeling of like, being dressed up in the outfits, and we got to, we did the Apostle Paul. That was the play that we did for our school because I went to a Christian academy, mm-hmm. and we did the Apostle mm-hmm. Paul, and I was Paul, and it was a big deal in the school and stuff like that. So it was cool. We ended up like packing out the like auditorium, and it was just a feeling during the time. It was set up by the um, Academy of the Arts in South Carolina, so it was like cool, it was, like a really mm-hmm. big ordeal, and we just got to do, mm-hmm. and it was just fun, and it made me realize that wow, like you almost think that being a part of the, I wish that in schools, it was a bigger deal. Like, the performance arts was a bigger deal because you realize you miss out on so much if you don't do yeah. it because it's just free expression to say and do what you want to do. And it's like people really don't don't give it the, the respect it deserves. Yeah, and, you know, it's so interesting because as you were talking, what I heard you say basically is, and I think, like I said, I think whatever you get into, that's amazing. If you get into sports, amazing but what's interesting about sports is that you don't in sports you're not celebrated for being yourself you're celebrated for being good at the sport and achieving and getting better right whereas in the performing arts sure you know people get celebrated for being good but you're really just celebrated for being who you are and especially in the, the performing dramatic arts you know that uniqueness that you have is what is truly celebrated um, and that's what I heard you say, like you really experienced that. You felt the most comfortable. You could be unapologetically yourself. And it was like, wow, now all of a sudden you're the in crowd because it's almost like the more weird you can be in the performing arts or the more just yourself you can be, the more respected and celebrated you become. Whereas I found my experience anyway in sports is even as a teacher, my observation of the students is you have to fit a certain um, criteria in order to continue to achieve and be celebrated in the sport. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a whole different type of thing. Yeah. Um, And so I think that's why I really love the performing arts. It really does allow people to just be themselves and celebrate them for who they are, wherever they're at. Because there's a role for everybody. Yeah, and that's that's the really cool thing. And that's why I think, because I've been, I was somebody that was like really cool. I was good at everything. I got older and I was like, man, I want to do something that I love. And then I found acting and writing, I was like, well, I'll never probably be more in love and passionate about something where I can just create and be myself and realize that people like me for me. I feel like that was a really big thing that I battled with, especially when I first came to be unique. Um, It was like realizing that they really truly just liked me for me. And I was like, well, what do I need to do? Do I do this? Do I do this? No, just like, no, you could just do you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you sure? Like, I'm weird. Like, I remember once I was like, I'm weird. I want you guys to know that. And they were like, oh, the weirder the I remember Mary was like, the weirder the better. And I was like, oh, okay. And and everyone just and be unique and just even with, like I said, being with you and stuff like that. And it's like, it's really cool to just know that people really do care about people being themselves and just being unique. It's always really cool. Yeah, and I think in communities, schools, society, whatever, if if we really just encourage people just to be yourself, whatever word you want to use, if it's weird, unique, unapologetic, whatever that is, I think it really does reduce the instances of potential bullying, the instances of people feeling different or marginalized when you're just kind of like, oh, no, that's encouraged. Like, just be yourself. Like, that's okay. It doesn't, 
you're not hurting me, I'm not hurting you, so what's the difference, right? And so I think there really is something to to be said for that when you are surrounded by a group of people who just celebrate you for who you are. Yeah, and that is the best. That is probably the best feeling that you could ever have. Um, mm-hmm. So I have, a, I have a question here. I see it's on my list, so I'm going to definitely bring it up. Give me the details of what mm-hmm. happened in 2011. If you remember specifically what I'm talking about, or do you need me to give you details? Oh, I know what happened in 2011. So um, in 2011, so in 2010, I decided that I had a hole in my schedule and I would open up a yoga studio. And we opened up a yoga studio during the era of Groupon and, you know, not a slag against companies like that. But um, it's very difficult when you do a deal like that and you have $10,000 a month rent. Uh, So here's the math. We were doing 17 cents a class yoga and $10,000 a month rent. So it was very difficult to make the numbers. So for six months, starting in January of 2011, I started to wonder every night before I went to bed, I would pray about it. Oh, my gosh, I just want to start over. What have I done with myself? I just want a clean start. How could I just go back to simple times again? And on June 4th, uh, 2011, at 1038 and 49 seconds in the morning, my house was hit by lightning and burnt to the ground. Oh, my gosh. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, crazy, crazy situation. And I was home with Galileo, my, my dog, and 10 days before the fire, I rented a room out in my house to a firefighter who was home and wow. got us out. It was because of him that we got out. And, you know, as I stood there watching the house burn down, it was a total loss. There was nothing salvageable. Um, Talk about a clean slate. Yeah, right? Yeah, I realized a couple things. One was, oh, shoot, I forgot the detail on the secret that tells you you have to specify exactly what you want to the universe. Because I just had clean slate, fresh <laughs> yeah. start. Yeah, I got Noah's Ark. You know. right. <laughs> I sure did. But I also realized, wow, thoughts are powerful. Like, if if it's possible that I somehow manifested this, well, what else can I manifest for good in my life? And so ever since that, I had been become much more intentional with my thoughts, what I think, what I say to myself, and how I feel about things, because I know that there is great power in how we feel and what we think. That is that is so true. That's amazing. such a remarkable story. Yeah, it's a remarkable story. <laughs> and I've I've realized that too as I've gotten older. That when I was younger, it didn't. I mean, it worked, but it's probably because I was trying to manifest stupid stuff like, "Hey, let the like school catch on fire." Like, no, they're like, like, no, we're not going to do that. There's kids in the school. But um, mm-hmm. I remember when I got older and I would say things, and I'm like, okay, this, they're manifesting. And I'm not talking about quick. I'm talking about in a hurry. Like I would say something, and like in the next mm-hmm. month it would happen. And I'd be like, oh, okay, let me slow down what I'm mm-hmm. asking for because I need to make sure I'm prepared for what I was asking for. And um, manifestation, of course, is really, really good. I know, Mary, I don't know if there's time, but um, we got it. We have a little commercial to get real quick. Um, I know I've been we've been going back and forth, not stopping, but we have a little. You've got to give everybody a, a, a minute to give us a drink of water too. Yes, yes. Let's all let's take a quick second. Let me ask you a question: Do you prefer coffee or tea? This is a question we ask on our fun and informative millennial talk show called Coffee or Tea. No phones allowed. And why do I know? Because I'm Anna. I'm one of the co-hosts. It's a great time. It's a professionally edited weekly series that's free to watch on Be Unique's YouTube channel. That's B U 
N-E-K-E. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and leave us a comment with your topic or guest recommendations. We love hearing from you. Easy peasy. And we are back. So, we were on the topic of manifestation, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And we also were discussing, of course, uh, the clean slate. When, let's see, because I, I, I feel like this would be a, a, a good question for anyone wanting to know about entrepreneurism and things of that sort. How, and I don't, and, and not to say it in like a discouraging way, how difficult was it for you when you first started to kind of build your, um, build your, your business? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, how do I answer this question? You know, it's not, it's never easy. It's always worth it. Uh, especially if you're doing work that matters to you. But if you think that, you know, let me put it this way. I, I remember some years ago, I met a, a small group of people who they're like, oh my gosh, I spring out of bed every morning and I love everything I do and this, 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 and whatever. And it just, it was a show. It was a show. Because when you had private conversations with the same people, they would tell you how scared they were sometimes and how unsure they were. And why can't we just be real? You know, and so the truth is, you know, moving from Canada to the U.S. was scary. I had to start everything over again. I had to start from scratch. I had to learn, like, how to do business in this country. The tax code is completely different. California is like a whole different <laughs> country on its own. Never mind. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like, it's, it's, you just learn and, and you try to build community as fast as possible because I think that's the fastest way to, to build success of any kind or be happy um, in any form. But um, it's not easy. And I haven't figured it out yet. And I don't know if there will ever be a moment where it's like, okay, I got it. You know, I think it's just this constant um, evolution and unfolding. But if you're doing work that matters for you, then it's just worth it. So I'm just going to keep doing it because I know it's worth it. And I love speaking and I love um, putting out there what I'm putting out there and I see how people are impacted by it. I love doing interviews like this and podcasts and all, all this kind of stuff um, because I know that it's making an impact on people. Um, is it a million-dollar business yet? Not in the bank, but <laughs> it feels like a million-dollar business in my heart. And so that, to me, is the key, is that I know I'm sitting on something that is worthy of uh, making an impact on millions and generating the millions required to make an even bigger impact on other people. And so that's why I keep doing it. And that's, and a that's great, what um, it's all about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Because i got to tell you, I've tried everything else. You know, I've had all these other careers, and I was miserable in almost all of them. I mean, I, yes. I enjoy them to a point, but now I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I, it's hard. You know, there's still challenges. Sometimes I feel like I'm pulling my hair out, like, oh, my God, I'm doing too much. I need to help, or I have to figure out the next thing or whatever. And, um, but it's still, it's always worth it. And that's, um, that's always really good to hear when someone's like, it's, 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 a, it's hard, but it's what I love to do. Because when people hear that, it's a whole lot different people being like, 
oh, you you know, hard work got me here. I didn't like it in the beginning. I had to work hard. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't. And you're like, okay, well, well I wouldn't want to do any of that and have money anyway because I'm going to be miserable. Like, But it's really mm-hmm. cool to hear, like, I'm doing something I love. Yes, it's life. It's going to be hard. Like, there's going to be trials and tribulations. But when you're doing something you love, there's no possible way for you not at the end be like, you know, this is truly worth it. These hours are truly worth it that yeah. I'm putting in. This me being tired or, or me, you know, manifesting because it just it's just when you're doing something meaningful and it's something true to your heart. Like everybody isn't going to do the same thing, and I that's a of course you're talking about comparing. Um, it all loops mm-hmm. around because it's like you don't have to try to do it. Somebody I can't. It, it I think what you do is extremely cool, and I think it's just amazing to know there's people out there like that. But I I wouldn't I couldn't do what you want to do because I wouldn't have the same fulfillment. You couldn't do what I want to do. Exactly. It wouldn't be the same fulfillment. And it's just like mm-hmm. people, instead of comparing, I hope it gets to the point where people collab. Instead of compare, collab, and learn from each other and grow. Yeah. I, it's so funny. I just said it to a uh, – I have a couple friends in North Carolina, long-time friends. And I said to them today, it's like, oh, I can't wait till I get to the point where I can, like, hire you on to my team. Because really, I just want to work with people that I like and who are just going to, you know, figure out. And they're like, well, what would we do for you? I'm like, I don't know. But whatever you love doing, we'd figure that out. Because I just want you to be happy, you know. And um, how amazing would it be to do it together, you know, to travel the world, to speak, to make an impact on other people, um, and to do it with people that you resonate with and that you enjoy hanging out with. That, to me, would be perfect. And I know I'm putting it out there. I'm, manif- I'm manifesting it. So let it be known. Yes. Declaration that I will have a team of people that are, you know, my closest friends, my closest family ultimately working with me because I think that's just the best way to do life. Yeah, it is the smartest way you know people have your, your true um, your, your, your true back, and it's just like people have your best interest at heart. And yep. it's how it's best, and it's funny. And it's always really funny to me. Like, I've been – I feel like I've really been engrossing myself when it comes to be unique and trying my best to be around um, with Mary and anyone involved just because they care so much about what's going on. They care so much about being unique and they care so much about us. And it's like, I didn't realize until I got around a group of people how much you could care about something. And then, mm-hmm. then my, my career started coming together and doing what I was doing. They're like, Hey, you know what? Why don't you do that? You could do it with us. We could do us with you. And they're like, I'm like, wow. It's always cool to see when they meet people like, like you, David, or anyone they meet or have on any shows that we have it's always the same mentality. Like, Be Unique has always been on the same mentality since I've met them. It's always been about having great people who are unique, who have their own, even though they have their own lane, we all are, like, connected like a puzzle piece. And it's just really cool to, like, hear it. Hear, it's, it's cool to hear the same thing from different people and different angles. So, like, you never get tired mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Tyrell, it's yep. cool to hear you say that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I, it, it's... Um, you you just gave me a big ego boost, and I don't usually like ego boosts, but that was really nice to hear. Yeah, no, it's because it's just like everything with everybody, like be unique and unapologetic, and all of it is just it's just foundations for bigger things. It's like watching bigger things build themselves, and it's like people can't wait have that patience to see something that builds. It's like a dynasty. And, of course, just like in the beginning mm-hmm. of anybody's dynasty, what they're creating, whether they do it for themselves or for other people, no one ever sees them in the beginning. No one cares to look and stop and be like, oh, that's going to be a dynasty one day. That's going to be uh, continue block for a different nonprofit. That's going to be successful. It's like people don't understand. It's like 
being around people who realize at the at the bottom end, like, hey, this is going to be successful. It's called manifestation, mm-hmm. hard work. Mm-hmm. And it's like all you have to do, and it's simple. It's simple just to work hard and manifest, and as long as you're doing it in the right way, you're doing what you truly love, then there's no there's no reason you should be stopped doing it. Exactly. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? He I is preaching little, to the choir, isn't he, David? I got a little, I got a little, little preachy, mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> but I love that because you know, as I hear you get so excited about that, it, again, it validates like, okay, I'm not crazy. Yes, I need to keep doing this. You know what I mean? Because there are moments where I'm kind of like, oh my god, why can't I just like, seriously, like, who wants to just pay me a million dollars to do whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know? <laughs> but I would, I would be miserable. I'd last a month. Maybe, you know, (laughs) I have to do what I'm meant to be doing. And if I can keep doing that, then I will attract the right people, the right opportunities. Um, You know, you just have to believe. It really is a game of believing, having that faith, having unwavering faith, and just being who you are. And eventually it will work. Yes, that's kind of like the old... uh, like the Field of Dreams show, build it and they will come. Mm-hmm. Build mm-hmm. and they will come. I hate to say that I can't remember what that's from, but I know the picture of the corn they walk out of. I Field of Dreams. Okay, I'm gonna say I hate to say it, but I know I remember seeing that them come out. Um, so um, before we um, end, I do have to ask you one more thing. What does the term mm-hmm. celebration, discovery, development mean to you? Oh, so discovery, development, delivery, and celebration is on the book, the book end of that. So that's really um, – so my process and the journey I take people through in being unapologetic is to discover, develop, and deliver their ideas, their mission, their vision, and how to put that out there in the world. Well, I must ask – and Tyrell, I guess you've been reading the book, so you know. Like I must say the word celebration. I don't even know. I should check how many times it comes. A lot of times. A lot. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot. Time. And I ask. Yeah, at the end of every chapter. So what are you celebrating now? How are you going to celebrate? What are you celebrating now? And the bookend of the book are a section that starts with celebration because I say life begins with celebration. And we end the book with another celebration section because I say, if I have anything to do with it, it's over my dead body that you would exit this world without the same standing ovation that you arrived with. And so to me, that's just the journey. If you start with celebration and end with celebration, everything in between, you're discovering or uncovering, you're developing yourself, you're delivering your message. And it's just this cycle and you just bookend it always with celebration. That is really the the arc, the journey of life. Um, So yet truly, that's really what it is. And now I'm starting to dive deeper into, okay, how do we actually use celebration as a tool for personal growth, personal development? How do we learn how to celebrate failure and what is the value in that? So I'm really starting to dive deeper into celebration, but that really is, like I said, the arc of life. It is the true story. That's, um, is very touching. Like you said in the book, it is, Caroline, it's just really awe-inspiring and just, it's just nice and it's almost, it's just soothing. I like to call it refreshing because it's like, I, I love to learn. Um, it well obviously more than if when people read the book it's almost like an eye opening refreshing just cycle of being like wow okay okay it's almost a I like to call it my uh, what is it my monster my energy 
because you get into it and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, oh wow, okay, now I'm here, now I'm here, now I'm here, now I'm here. And it's like, oh, this is like a good action movie before a book, and it's just so much a good aura, and it's just a great vibe, and it's just, um, like I said, energetic and enthusiastic, and it's, it's I like it. I guess I should say you. that. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot to me. You know, and, and I just want to acknowledge that, like, if you have a book that you're reading from somebody, even if you think they're like some big deal author or whatever, let them know. Send them a message and say, hey, this page touched me or this section touched me. Or because, you know, we do this work, we put it out there, and then you don't really know until I get to have conversations like this with, with readers and people who are fans of the work. You just never really know, like, is it making a difference? I think it's making a difference. And it's not that I need to hear it, but it does, it is very touching. And it just, it's that extra little gasoline in the tank that says, okay, David, yes, you're on the right path. Keep doing, keep going, keep moving, keep being. Mm -hmm. It's so important. That's a problem that Jennifer and I have to be unique. So seldom do we hear that we're making a difference. I know that we are mm-hmm. because of the number of volunteers like Tyrell that join us and, ha- and continue to join us. Um, I just had someone reach out to me from Africa. I forget which country, oh. Kenya, I believe, um, mm-hmm. wanting to write for us. And when that happens, it really bolsters my, my spirit. And I think, okay, well, we are making a difference. We're making an important stand here. But until people tell you that you're doing the right thing, you wonder. You, you can't help but wonder. Yeah. And especially now entrepreneurship and digital entrepreneurship teaches you, okay, well, you need data. You need proof. Like, is the model, um, can you prove the model? Does this provide, mm-hmm. you know, in quotes, I hate the word value in the marketplace? Well, I think it's almost impossible not to provide value when the intention is so clear as what you're doing or what I'm doing with my movement in my book. Like if you are clear and almost obsessed, which I know we all are, (laughs) um, (laughs) I think it's impossible not to be valuable. It's just a matter of, are you willing to do it long enough to attract your tribe of people and allow them to speak up? Because not everyone's ready to speak up or put up their hand and say, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, they'll stay quiet until they're moved to to say something. But um, and I think a lot of organizations come and go without knowing because they just don't stick in it long enough. And so I, I just want to acknowledge the work that you're doing. You know, I'm a huge fan. I love what you're doing. I cannot Thank wait you, to dude. see what it looks like in one year, in 10 years from now. It's you are absolutely making a difference. Well, thank you. That that means the world to me. Um, I wish Jennifer were here to hear this. She's on the West Coast also, but um, for a funeral. So um, she's unable to even pick up her phone, I don't think, to be over here. She's with her family. But, um, I think she's listening, if I remember correctly. I think she's listening. I hope so. I hope so. I know well, that, yeah, um, you know. Neat. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll say it real quick. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say you, you just. You know why you just don't notice it? Because you're so you're so high up here. You guys are so amazing that you don't get to hear from like, hey, you guys are doing really great. It's like a. Oh, you're just, you're just so, you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're just so amazing. It's like, hey, you're doing great. Can you hear us from up there? 
Oh, you hear that, David? We're very high up. <laughs> I love it. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, that, that's why we love Tyrell. He is such a good cheerleader. I love him. I know I am. I'm going. I'm going. I told his mom. I finally met his mom a couple of weeks ago, and I told her she had to give him up for adoption. She said, "Do you realize how old he is?" I said, "I don't care. He's mine." <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I love it. I know it's it's great. It's 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 fun. The unique is fun and it's um, riveting and it's just integrative and versatile and all the cool words I can think of as of now. Um, but well, I'm glad we were able to have you today, David. Um, this oh, me too. Another great experience, other than just the book, to be able to hear the voice. You know, books. I have my own voice, so when I'm reading your words, it just goes with my voice, and I'm like, wait, this isn't the voice that goes with these words, but it's always cool to definitely get to hear um, a great mind behind a great piece of work. Um, so uh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I got you. to learn new stuff about you. I love that. Any, any yeah, chance I get it's to learn something to connect new, you guys. it's really good. Yeah. At least, Amen. At least yeah, mutual after mutual. At least the disaster you manifested manifested you a fireman as well. So, right. <laughs> at least thank goodness. Like oh, the, my God. The universe is sometimes a little bit sarcastic. I don't like sometimes. <laughs> you know, we don't put mm-hmm. a firefighter in the house when it burns mm-hmm. down. So, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yep. And make sure that we were all home to make sure that we were yes, okay. right? So. Yeah. Make sure that everyone's <laughs> home. Okay. Well, um, well, David, do you know what that means? Have we come to the end of our journey? <laughs> that means that it's a wrap. For tonight. All right. We'll have to have you come back, David. I'd love to have you come back again. Well, I'm going to put this out there, too. I'd love to come back and be in person. So we'll just have to make that happen oh, sometime. <laughs> David, you definitely you, be you, on coffee I'm, or tea. Oh, well, <laughs> when, he comes, when he comes over to the East Coast, I'd love to have you be one of our presenters for the 2020 Be the Change Symposium that we're having. Oh, it has yeah. been declared. Let's make it happen. <laughs> yes, I think I think it shall. I no, no thinking to it. It is. Yeah, it will shall. It will shall. It will shall. When you're <laughs> when you're on the East Coast, we have um, we have very good connections with the fairy godmother. So if you and Heath are fans of Disney, we can make something happen there too. Oh my goodness. Well, please, we might have to talk for another hour. We better end it here because you just said the magic word. That that is my cue to hit my button over here. Mm -hmm. We get to dance again. (laughs) That's right. We like this little song. Thank you for listening this evening. We're happy you chose to spend this time with us, and we hope you learned as much as we did. Be sure to come back the first and third Thursday of each month for more exciting guests. And if you'd like us to invite you or someone you know to speak right here, just go to BeUnique.org and contact us there.
That's B-U-N-E-K-E dot org. David, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. Well, I am glad. Tyrell, I I do appreciate you doing the co-hosting. That gave me a little freedom over here with the switchboard. This was nice. Of course, of course. I'm I'm not good I'm not that good at multitasking yet. We will definitely oh, yeah, you have you back and we'll bring yes, you over please. to the East Coast and we'll treat you like a king. I also have um opportunities to get you discounted tickets to Kennedy Space Center if that's of interest. Oh my yep. god. Yeah. I mean you know, so he works cool. for a defense contractor, so um, he's all into that stuff. <laughs> oh, David, we have to talk. Yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's so funny. My friend who was listening, she's in Florida, actually, Barbara Horde, the one who works for um, the A Prom to Remember organization. She okay. messaged me and she said, yes to Disney, and I want to be at the symposium. So you <laughs> got plans. You're making a difference. I would love to have her. Yeah, our uh-huh. symposium. She's an extraordinary you know, woman. what we did. What we did for the Be the Change Awards this year was just dipping our toes in the pond. Um, yep. It was such a success, partly in due to wonderful, generous sponsors like you, but just the, the energy was fabulous to be able to bring together 10 different charities from around the world. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the one guy that we had from Canada did not, he wasn't able to come down this year, but next year he said, maybe. So um, we had 10 different charities in that won in 10 different categories, and the energy was phenomenal. So as soon as, as soon as we caught our breath, we started planning the event for next year, and it's going to be a three-day symposium. And Wonderful. it's really going to, it's going to offer us more opportunities to have more impact on the people that attend. And we'll be able to invite more people because it'll be at a bigger venue. I cannot wait. I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. And we'll have Tyrell there probably doing interviews because that's one of the things. On the fly, <laughs> he is a really good interviewer. He sure is. Yeah, yeah. Thank you again. I'm both. all right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> it was a pleasure of mine. It was a pleasure uh-huh. of mine. Well, good night, gentlemen. Okay. Good have a great night, one. We'll see night. you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.